You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, Joe Pizzapia, that's Chris Meany, and this is the weekend edition of On Deck. So we're going to take a look at Saturday and Sunday, give you our pitchers that we like, give you some upsets, some betting line stuff that you want to know, and just kind of an overall view. And we're going to do it all for you in 30 minutes because we know you got you got soccer games for your kids and, and softball and baseball practice and things like that you got to get to for the kids and all the things you got to do. Or maybe you're hungover from Friday night and you're just waking up and you want to set some DFS lineups. Either way, we're here for you, right, Meanie? Because we're a supportive group here. Absolutely. We are supportive and we'll take care of, of all the hungover people and anybody or even the that hungover has... people trying to go to their kids' baseball game the next yes, day. Yes. <laughs> and that's where I was kind of going with it. Yeah. You know, all the hungover people that have to deal with, um, you know, potentially going to the ballpark or the soccer field for their kids uh, will make things hopefully entertaining for you and, and hopefully just get you some money. Yes, that's right. And we urge everybody to subscribe to the show. Uh, so it's on deck right here on the Line Star app. Make sure you uh, download the uh, Line Star app as well. But be sure to be subscribing wherever you listen. So if you like the first couple shows we've done, that way you don't have to wonder when's it coming out. You have to look for a tweet or anything. Just subscribe. And that way, boom, as soon as the show is published, and it should be out most mornings uh, before noon, that's at the very least before noon, but probably even earlier. I know some folks were asking about that. But as soon as that show is uploaded, it's going to go right to your notifications. You'll have it. You can listen to it. You can start making lineups, start uh, looking ahead to the day. And that's what we're going to do. So let's look ahead to Saturday. Got some fun matchups here, especially, especially Chris, when I look ahead. And uh, I got to say, I'm excited about that Nationals matchup with Syndergaard and Strasburg. That looks like a fun one to me. Not from a DFS standpoint, but just from a baseball one. Scherzer DeGrom, Syndergaard Strasburg. That's kind of, this is fun baseball. But to me, right away, the first thing I do when I look on Saturday and I'm going through the motions, it's, you know, I don't care if it's chalk. I don't care. I want so much Big Maple. I want so much James Paxton against Baltimore. Uh, and it's in New York. And I mean, this is going to get ugly. Uh, Big Maple is going to be sweet, baby. That's all I know. And I want all the shares. And I want to go back to the Yankee well, like we did on, on opening day on Thursday. So chalk or not, it just makes sense in cash games to have some packs and shares. Yeah, so Canada, Big Maple. That's no, right. I know you would not argue with Mr. O Canada. I knew that. Was- <laughs> no, I mean, how could you? Know? I mean, for Paxton, and if you played season-long leagues, maybe you were a little cautious of drafting him because you know he's a career one sixty innings last year. But when he when he's on the hill and he gets the ball. Nine times out of ten, this guy is dominant. And you saw Baltimore's lineup opening day. It's 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 so weak. There's there's a, so many holes inside that lineup. And what we it said is a who's who of who the hell yeah. is that? Oh, I know. Like that's who? what it is. Yeah, who? It's, it's exactly what it is. So I mean, you can only get excited about like Richie Martin, like a five rule guy. It, well, it's funny, no, you know, like I see no Dwight Smith Jr. in there. Yeah, I see Dwight Smith Mullins Jr. Stuff. Look, there, there's some guy like Baltimore's going to win a couple games, like two or three. <laughs> But still, it, it is such a lineup bereft of any star power. Of any, I mean, Chris Davis hasn't actually hit a baseball in fair oh, territory man. in about six years. 
And I mean, talk about <laughs> that guy should get arrested for stealing. <laughs> yeah, there's that guy is literally just robbed millions of dollars from that organization. It's, it's, yeah, he but, had that one strong what, year, and that's it. What can you do? You you know it's going to be a terrible situation here. You you know that. Look, Paxton's healthy right now. Nate Carnes, God bless him, he'll do what he can. But there's no way Nate Carnes is going to be. If he is, good for him. But there's no way you got to project him to be into the seventh inning of this game, sixth inning of this game. You're going to get into that soft bullpen, not to mention the soft starting pitching in Carnes in the first place. So the only thing is Carnes is right-handed. So we're looking at some of the lefty bats in that Yankee lineup. So um, for you, how does that play out? Or do you just not care because you still want all the judges and Stantons anyway? Yeah, I still – I really don't care so much about the, the lefties today because, to your point, it's it's Carnes and, you know, he's given up some home runs and small sample size, another guy who fly ball rate. And, again, you mentioned chalk, but it doesn't matter. Like what we said with Tanaka is the same thing applies here. It's, it's a, a huge, heavy-hitting team with a great bullpen up against what it seems like and looks like a minor league ball team. So with Tanaka, we just wanted him to get to the fifth, get us the W, and that's what happened for Pax, and that's what we want to he's going to rack up some strikeouts along the way get to the fifth and turn it over to the bullpen some question marks why Chapman is playing opening day and you know when there's a five six run lead that might be the closest game of the series right so uh, I, I think all the Yankees bats certainly apply we saw Voigt go yard uh, opening day and he's hitting cleanup for this team so I mean he's in a really good spot Andahar is in a really good spot later on down the lineup Greg Bird can find himself in the lineup Greg even like a guy like Labor Torres the second base is not so not so deep we may have some question marks about him this season but right now against Baltimore at home guys are getting on base whether he hits in the seven or the eight spot he's going to have an opportunity to drive and runs you want to get even cheaper and crazier Troy Tulowitzki from the nine spot and then you set the table with Gardner Judge Stanton and Voigt. So there's a yeah, I love it. A lot to like with the Yankees. Um, and look, and if you're going to separate on Saturday between the day games and the night games, and uh, if you put Trevor Bauer together, who I think is you know going to be a good star, obviously going to be a good. I'm not a genius saying this, I know this, but if you put him and Paxton together in cash and just kind of just squish together on DraftKings any kind of offense you can, I think you're going to cash in, in any, <laughs> in oh, yeah. any 50-50. It's just, I, I just don't think it's going to be that complex. Don't overthink it. So you try your best, and like you said, maybe it's getting those two big pitchers and then going with some of the cheaper guys in those offenses because we've seen even the Luke Voigt of the world early on getting off to good starts. That's good. So why not then go ahead and be able to just – try to get pieces of those offense without paying the premium, pay the premium for the pitchers instead and fade the Strasburg Cindergard matchup altogether. There's another game on this afternoon slate too, which if you're feeling lucky and feeling contrarian, and I know some people are buying and they're drinking in the Kool-Aid and the Kool-Aid color is red and it's sunny gray's Kool-Aid right now, because I know he's had a decent spring. I'm not there yet because no. I got to put my money there. And I know some people will be willing to risk it and they'll say, well, Hey, Scared money don't make money. I hear my buddy Benny Ricciardi in my ear saying that to me all the time. <laughs> but at the same time, I just think it's just it would be kind of maybe a one-off in a multi-entry tournament kind of thing where you want to have that sunny gray and see what happens because of the matchup. It's Pittsburgh, 
and because I don't think that much of that offense too. But I don't think personally I want to do it. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I don't either. I mean, tournaments, sure, cash, definitely not. And keep an eye on Sterling Marte. Of course, he was scratched early. So, I mean, when he's out of the lineup, you're right. A Pittsburgh lineup is is not that great, and it's even worse when, when Marte doesn't get in there. So, for Sonny Gray, I need to see it too. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to spend my money, and I don't suggest anyone – I don't want to tell anyone to spend their money with Gray at home in Cincinnati. You, you know, he struggled last season at, at Yankee Stadium, another – hitter-friendly ballpark. He just struggled to keep the ball in the park. And I know Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot of heavy hitters, but that's one I'll, I'll stay away from. And, you know, look, continuing with the, the, early, spa- the early slate, I'm, I'm really drinking the, a different kind of Kool-Aid. And this one is, is not a cash play either. But keep an eye on Spencer Turnbull as somebody as is, is, is a prospect and someone that I, I just – with this Detroit pitching staff, there's some holes. We saw Fulmer go down with Tommy John surgery, and there's an opening there for, for an opportunity now – for Turnbull doesn't have a lot of innings in you know on his resume for major leagues, sixteen point one actually, but a caper nine that he flirted with nine, and there was a start. He actually had a really strong spring. He had fifteen innings, fifteen strikeouts. There was a start against the Phillies. Their full lineup where he struck out seven guys. So going up against the Toronto Blue Jays on Saturday, I think it's a contrarian play and just a cash saver. Not expecting a ton, but he could rack up maybe six, seven strikeouts for you, and that will allow you to spend where you want to spend on some of these, whether it's Yankees hitters, whether you want to go back to Colorado, um, you know, potentially the Astros. Uh, and then again, the Cubs against Edison Volquez. The last time we saw Volquez, Joe, 2017, I mean, this guy gave up so much contact. Another guy coming back from Tommy John surgery, and, and it's not a great environment for him in Texas against the No, Cubs. you know, it's, it's going to be fun, must-watch television if you're a baseball fan. But uh, I don't. I know I'm with you. I don't think I'm ready to be buying back into it. If you're looking at the evening slate and standalone too, to me the evening slate is much more about offense and finding the money yes. to spend on pitching later. Uh, I think you can make do with a guy like Colin McHugh against Glass now because Glass now is still inefficient. So I think that's a really positive matchup there if you can break that down like that. Uh, in terms of some of the other afternoon or evening games, I should say um, I'm looking at Erod, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, yes. big time strikeout pitcher was really good last year, had some injury issues. I'm looking at him as another one of these guys that is going to quietly be one of those guys that we're going to bring up all season long that we love. It's a good matchup for him in a favorable ballpark. I know it's on the road, but still, to me, I look at Mike Leake as never something I'm afraid of. That Boston offense is going to have their day with him. So Erod, to me, is the guy. Erod McHugh, it's kind of the inverse of how I would go during the day. If I'm playing the day slate, give me Bauer. Give me the chalk. I want to just cover myself in chalk with Bauer and Paxton and do that. And then in the evening, give me Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, either together with Colin McHugh or separately, and I'm building offenses. Now, building offense in the evening, where are you looking here? Uh, obviously, the Cubs, we talked about them. That's a, yeah. a really good offensive opportunity there. I'm against Edinson Volquez, who I still can't believe the guy's still in the league. I mean, let's be honest. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like the last time we saw him in 2017, he walked five batters per nine. And for his career, it's 4.26 batters per nine that he's walked in. You know, strikeout rates that are six per nine, that's that's not good enough, right? And again, we haven't seen him since 2017 coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's not going to be stretched out. This this is somebody I'm, I'm definitely going to be picking. I'm going to try to get as many Cubs bats as I can in that lineup, whether it's Al Mora who's leading off. In the If he's going to lead off, I know he's cheap, but um, just still just get a piece of that Cubbies offense. I'm going to be all over that. I love the Erod call uh, from you for sure. And, uh, you know, 
again, I don't want to continue to go back to the Dodgers and be a broken record here, but Kenta Maeda is, is going to be a good start against Arizona, and some of their bats are going to be as well. Well, look, uh, sometimes it's going to – look, some series you just got to keep banging yeah, it get it. Yeah. That's, that's just what it is. And it, we don't have a whole lot of great offensive ballparks in play in this opening week of baseball. No Colorado. I mean, yeah, I got Toronto, but it's fine. But, uh, you know, you got the Yankees, that's good. You got Philly. But, you know, whenever you don't have Colorado or some of these other ones that just match up better where you get the really bad pitching in the really good ballpark, like you had Milwaukee this week, but you had Jack Flaherty. And you had, you know, some pitchers yeah. there. Uh, from St. Louis that can, can get it done. So that's that's a little bit of a – and I like Dakota Hudson too as a young pitcher. So, you know, we'll see how he goes through the rest of the year. But looking at this too, Chris, this might be a shot in the dark, and you might be better served to discuss this than I am. But I saw uh, Felix Pena's last start before – it was when they the, – the club already came up and they were in Los Angeles already, but it was still spring training games technically, still exhibition. And he looked great. I mean, the slider looked great. He looked like he was just getting guys out like crazy, striking guys out. Do you think there's a shot in the dark tournament play there with Pena potentially and just loading up on some big offensive bats? Can he get it done there against the Anderson and the Athletics? It's a good pitcher ballpark too. You know, just got to go six. I mean, something's got to break for the Angels, right? Yeah, for sure. Those are the two. I mentioned Turnbull as a, as a salary saver. He's got some strikeout upside. And then Felix Pena, you're right. I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, last year, 92 innings. He had an XFIP 397 and struck out guys. And you're right about the last start. I mean, he had 25 kind of like strikeouts. like Erod Light. Right. At 25 strikeouts in 14 innings in spring. Uh, guys only hit 184 off of him. So he had a very strong spring. And, and yeah, he's inside that rotation with, with definitely has an opportunity to stay in there as well with some other injuries happening in L.A. So, yeah, in Oakland, a good spacious ballpark for him against Brett Anderson. So I, I definitely like that call. And, it, again, if you want to get – because, honestly, looking at this slate today, Red Sox against Leak, 85% contact rate. You're right. They're going to have their way. Dodgers are going to have success and the Cubbies are going to have success. You're going to have to find some cheap options elsewhere. So that's a good call by you, Felix Pena. Uh, I think he's got some strikeout upside for you. And he, again, small sample size last year. Good small sample size, good ballpark opportunity tonight. Decent, yeah. like not an offense that I'm terrified of a, a good offense, not a great offense. Right. So I think it's just like the perfect cocktail where if you want to get nuts in the tournament, I think Felix Pena is one of those guys you can get nuts with. I wouldn't do it as, as a, Standalone, single no. entry, but in multi-entry, you want to do something a little different. You want some uh, some low ownership. I think that's the way I would go with one of my lineups and just see, just see where it's at. And this is the thing, you know, you can look at all the stats you want. You got to watch the games. And yeah. I watched that and I saw it with my own eyes and I went, wow, that guy's, and it was major league hitters. And it was against, ironically, the Dodgers. <laughs> we haven't exactly. stopped talking about yeah. uh, <laughs> after those, you know, 22 home runs they hit in the first day but it's it's one of those things where you watch it and he's facing major league hitters he wasn't facing the scrubs or the, the quad a or the triple a guys and you're going wow this this guy's got something working here and my god does that rotation need somebody to step up and you know be something because they're playing from behind a little bit this year with andrew heaney's injury so that's uh yeah, not you, it's not. And, you know, some of the starts, I got his game log up here right now at Arizona, 12 strikeouts in a start. He had back-to-back outings against the Dodgers, and, and that's tough to do. You know, to face a team a second time like the Dodgers six, seven days later, sometimes there's that advantage definitely goes to the hitter. But in two starts against the Dodgers, he allowed six combined hits, two runs, 
and had 13 strikeouts. So he's had success against some guys, and you you saw it. You mentioned the slider, and when you have a double-digit swinging strike percentage, that's a plus. That's something you look at. We're talking about contact rates, Mike Leak, 85%. That's a pitcher you want to pick on for for Pena last year, 75%. That's a pitcher that you know you want to target and, and salary saver some strikeout upside there. All right, who's your favorite underdog from a betting perspective when you're looking at Saturday where you go, yeah, this is a, this is a home team that's maybe, uh, maybe the underdog but you think can actually win the game? Yeah, well, well, we mentioned the Angels. I mean, if you're going to like Pena, you, you, you may like them as an underdog on the road. Um, underdogs at home. I can't get behind Texas. I still I want to see you, Darvish. Interesting matchup between we, – we talked about Volquez and Darvish. It's an interesting matchup. I – I like the over there. I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored. I, I, maybe I'll go Milwaukee as a team. You, I was thinking that Hudson. one too because I, I like Hudson, but he's going yeah, to be limited. He's going to be limited. He's definitely going to be limited. Small sample size. I like the fact he keeps the ball on the ground. 60% ground ball rate last year is tremendous, especially going into Milwaukee. But I'm a Woodruff guy. Uh, I mean, excited about Milwaukee's offense and, and where they are at home. So that's one I can get behind. And... Um, you mentioned Cleveland. How about Cleveland on the road? Trevor Bauer, they're probably going to be underdogs in that matchup as well. Jake Odorizzi is, is a fly ball pitcher, gives up a lot of bombs himself. So I think Trevor Bauer, as long as he can limit the damage, he's had tremendous success over the past couple of years pitching against Minnesota. I know their lineup has improved, but I think Bauer is, is strong. And, and, man, Syndergaard and Strasburg, that's going to be just a fun, fun match. I can't pick a side there, but I, a good bet is probably going to be the under. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's look ahead there uh, to Sunday's games there as well as we continue to move on. Now, obviously, well, Sundays you're dealing with the day slate. You got those uh, later afternoons, so you can split them up there, the early afternoon, the later afternoon, or play the whole thing. Um, looking at it again, you got the Yankees again, Jay Happ oh. against Dylan Bundy. I'm sorry, I, I don't care if the record is going to be broken. It's going to be me versus the Baltimore Orioles this year. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be, I'm just going to keep finding me versus the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, there'll be an occasional Kansas City Royal and Miami Marlins sprinkled in there as well. But there yeah. are some really haves and have-nots in baseball right now, and some of these rosters are just – they're so bad, they're an embarrassment to the organization. And I understand they're trying to rebuild, and I get that, but – they're not even rebuilding with major league talent where you just eh, throw some veterans in there and try to get by. I mean, these guys are just bad. I mean, Miami. Yeah, they're not trying. Yeah, they're not trying to yeah. win. So give me half again on Sunday in cash games. I'm fine with that. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of them too. Is there anybody that's who's your favorite chalk guy since we're kind of doing it that way? Yeah, um, I, I suppose Walker Bueller again <laughs> going up against Arizona, but I, I not I. They just struck out so much last year, and you take away their two best bats. It's just, it's just what's going to continue to happen. So, uh, Walker Bueller is. I actually like a, quite a few pitchers on this slate as opposed to Saturday. Well, you get Paddock too on Sunday. Yeah, which, you get you know, Paddock. Here's the thing with Paddock. See, here's my only fear: is the ownership's going to be high on him. It is going to be really high, and so he's really got to return your investment. Now as a secondary pitcher, I think the price will be in your range. The second guy on DraftKings, where if you want to go down the slate a little bit, maybe. See, Hap's going to be expensive. Corbin's going to be expensive. And then after that, I think it's kind of wide open. So the problem, Bueller will be expensive too. Bueller. So if you want to go Bueller Paddock, that's fine. But I, I think the ownership's going to be super heavy there. <laughs> Where I'd rather, I'd rather go with the big boy and take the given points with Hap or Corbin. Agree. 
and then get one of those other two, then doubling up. I feel like a lot of people will double up and stay away from the chalk. Whereas I'd I'll take, give me Paddock and, but don't give me, you know, and Hap or and Corbin. But I don't think I want to play around with Paddock and then trying to throw somebody else out there. The one guy I think that you can do that with in the mid range of pricing. But the problem is he was historically awful in that ballpark is Hamels. It's a huge trap because Hamels was so good when he got out of there last year. He has a career, almost five ERA in Texas in that ballpark. And now his first start of the year, ironically in Texas, I mean, you can't make this up. So my, my eye automatically goes to Hamels and then I go, Nope, can't have him. Carrasco is going to be expensive against the twins too. It's, and I don't love the Wheeler matchup. So it's kind of tough there. It's kind of tough for you to find somebody else to pair with Paddock for me without, you know, I don't know, taking too much risk. You know, sometimes you want to take too much water into the boat, as good as Paddock could be. Yeah, and you're right about the ownership because, I mean, if anybody's been following along, if you're following trends on Twitter, if you're doing drafts and guys are reaching on him. He's so trendy right now. And and it's warranted. It is. All right, here here you go. I'm going to rephrase the question because maybe this is the way we have to look at it. Do you want to take Paddock because even though it's trendy, it doesn't matter because the matchup's at home and he's facing the Giants, which is an atrocious offense. So you know what? You, you bite the bullet today, you fade the top of the board in the afternoon slate, and you go with it. Or do you take into effect that sometimes the ball travels better in San Diego during the day, as we discussed the other day, and you let everybody else bite on that, and then you fade completely the other way and you go with big-time pitching and – drill those paddock owners in the ground for trying to be fancy on day one yeah i think that's the way to go honestly i mean i'm gonna have some exposure to paddock but uh, you know not as much as i will for some of these other guys i mean it is warranted you're right you look at some of his numbers he doesn't walk anyone he strikes guys out he's in a good ballpark he's going up against a weak lineup he's had a great spring there is a lot to like about chris paddock but again he hasn't pitched he hasn't doesn't even have triple a on his resume yet. So there could be, there could be some nerves or he, he could, you know, walk a couple guys. I'm saying he doesn't walk, but there is, there's a lot of risk in rolling him out there and the ownership. He really definitely has to well, have a risk tremendous return, you return value. You want risk in, in tournament lineups. Cause you want, you want risk that makes sense. And it's got risk reward. It's got reward attached it does. to it. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's very tempting because it's San Fran. If this was a different offense, if he was facing the Brewers or if he was facing, you know, the Astros or some one off or whatever, no, I wouldn't want that. But if if he's you know if he's facing the Rockies, I wouldn't go for it. The the temptation and why I think the ownership will be high on Paddock is because it's the first shot out of the gate and it's the Giants. And I just I feel like it's again a lot to ask. And I would rather go with some of the more proven guys. And if you want to be contrarian and you want to you know go really outside the box, Zach Wheeler's that guy because the Nationals' offense won't be quite the same. It's still a good offense, but without Harper. It's not quite the same as it used to be. And there will be heavy ownership, I'm sure, on Corbin. And I'm sure, I'm sure Hap, Corbin, and Carrasco will be owned all over the place. And for me, offensively, when I look at this slate, because of the five ERA in that ballpark, I want to target Texas. I want some Texas Rangers in my lineup. I, <laughs> I want them against Hamels, who I'm going to pick a ton on this show this year because I believe in Hamels, and I think he's going to be one of those great second pitchers on DraftKings, one of those really steady guys that you can not go to the top of the board and get that kind of performance from most nights. But not on this day, not on Sunday. I want all the Rangers because he's just been so bad in that ballpark forever. 
Yeah, you, I'm glad you really brought him up. And because there was a change, Joe, in, in his numbers when he moved away from Texas and he was pitching in, in Chicago. And But even on the road, he was better. It was just yeah, in it that, was just, I don't know what it is. Yeah, 20 now, home run, tw- 29 home runs allowed last year, and a lot of them came in Texas. And, yeah, draft day discount in season-long formats. I have a lot of shares of him. I'm, we're going to be talking a lot about him. But you're right. It's, it's a tough start in Texas against his former team. I mentioned Gallo in our opening day show is 15 home runs is the most in baseball against lefties. Uh, Odor's had some, some big games against Anders has had some big games against lefties Mazzara as well. So that's a game I'm telling you right now, we could get to see about 15 runs with Lance Lynn on the other side. There's going to be a lot of scoring in that game. A couple other under the radar pitchers potentially uh, for me anyways, that I'm interested in. And there's definitely some risk in this one. And Michael Pineda, uh, somebody we haven't seen for, for a long, long go time. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah, I got to, man. You're going to troll go those there. Indians. You're trolling I, the tribe. That's what Yeah, it, it, just, it just so happens <laughs> that they're playing the tribe and we're going to troll them a little bit. But the last time we saw Michael Pineda really over the full course of his season, I mean, his numbers were electric. You go back to his 2016 season. I know that's a couple years away, but he had the Tommy John surgery. 10.61 K per nine. That was tops in the American League. Keeps the ball on the ground. His one issue was a allowing home runs that happens of course at Yankee Stadium he has some strikeout potential and he's at least borderline healthy right now right he's striking some guys out uh, so he has some upside and some potential there as well and then I'll go to John Gray uh, because he's away from Colorado up against Miami a weak lineup he has some strikeout potential in him as well and I think there's a good shot at an opportunity for a W so he's going to be down the price board with some of these other aces that are out there um, because I'm going to want to get some Yankees in there. You mentioned Bundy. I mean, when you allow 41 home runs, I mean, that's the most in baseball by far, and his fly ball percentage is up near 50. He's going to strike some guys out, but he's going to well, give that's the thing. And and look, we talked about this the other day, right? We talked about it last time. What you need to do is understand, okay, where's that budget going? And it's going to be hard to get Hap, and you got to be able to get Hap and Corbin and all these things, right? So mm-hmm. what you want to do is you want to make sure that you go in there and – if you're going to play the Yankee stack, then maybe it's a Pineda kind of pitcher you're going to have, or you're going to have just happen DraftKings with some Yankee offense, and you're going to go secondary guys. You're going to go for the Gleber Torres or the Luke Voigt of the world, and you're going to try to do it that way, which I think is fine. I don't, you don't need Stanton and Judge from no. the Yankees in order to make some money this weekend in, in DraftKings or FanDuel, or you don't have to do it in DFS. It's just not necessary. But you're going to need chunks of that lineup in order to make it work. and if you want the lineup and you want to, you think you can get the pitching points somewhere else, then a guy like Pineda certainly fits into it. I mentioned before that I uh, enjoyed that one Texans offense, and uh, I'm going to go to another Texas offense with Houston. And to me, I, I look at the Astros and I say against the Rays, I understand it's not the greatest ballpark in the world, but that offense knows how to score runs. They know how to manufacture runs. Uh, Springer, Altuve, all those guys at the top, I, I really like them this weekend. So give me some shares of those as well. You'll still have to pay for them. That's the trouble. Now, looking for some cheaper offense. Is there any cheaper offense that really comes to mind for you? I think Puig, maybe, another guy. He does a little bit of everything this weekend. Tanner Rorick has, a, has had a really good spring. That's another guy. If you want to take a chance in the tournament, mm-hmm. you could go big-time offense. And then maybe a guy like Tanner Rourke, who maybe you just roll the dice and say, hey, it's been good so far. We, we were afraid to roll the dice on Jordan Zimmerman in day one and with good cause, and, you know, he showed you you should have. Tanner War could be that guy, too. Again, that's a multi-entry kind of strategy. That's it. Uh, any other offense for you that's showing that you go, yeah, I want some pieces of that offense this weekend on Sunday? 
Yeah, an underrated one that I think obviously cheap and, and maybe low owned would be in Kansas City. Lucas Giolito has just been completely trash, man, in, in the spring. Like, listen to this, Joe. 18 innings. He's given up 27 hits, 20 runs, six homers, eight walks. Guys are hitting 340 off him in, in the spring. He's just – he's struggled with his command. He hasn't been able to keep the ball in the ballpark. I know it's Kansas City, and you're looking, well, what Royals am I going to play? Like, Whit Merrifield is – That's is, the problem. It's like, well, who are you – is Mondesi and, and Whit Merrifield – and maybe O'Hearn, if he can find a way to get maybe. in the lineup, maybe he. I know he wasn't there opening day. If he can get, if he can find a way in the lineup, that's somebody who's going to be really cheap, and he's got the power potential as well. So it's not, uh, you know, one that you're going to want to stack, but I'm telling you, one that you're probably going to want to get a couple guys in there. And Wit does stand out. Mondesi stands out. Keep an eye on if O'Hearn gets in there. I think he can deliver some right. power. So and the good thing with those guys is they can get your points in different ways. They can get your points with the legs. They can get your points yeah. with the bat. That's what you want. So I'm okay with those. Uh, to me, it's the Mariners against Rick Porcello. Uh, I think Domingo Santana is going to be one of these guys that everyone's going to go, wow, why wasn't I on this? Oh, yeah. you know, I wrote some pieces Strong on tracks about him, and I drafted him in Tout Wars, and so I own some Domingo Santana shares. And it's one of those things where you look at it, hot start to the year and you go you know this is a good matchup i think with him and porcello and some of that other offense so i could see uh seattle being one of those offenses that flies under the radar because you look at it real quick and you go well it's not that stunning it's not really thrilling to me but at the same time rick porcello very hittable and very hittable and that's the thing i I want guys who are gonna give up hits and have men on base and then good things can happen there at least it puts me in an opportunity And to me, with DFS, with the offense, you know, baseball is a game where you fail 70% of the time and you're an all-star. But at the same time, it's opportunities. So Rick Porcello is one of those pitchers that's going to give you opportunities and the ownership's going to be down. And on top of that, the price will be right. And I think that's a good recipe that allows you to own some of the chalkier pitchers on the slate like Carrasco, Corbin, and Happ. Yeah, and you know Seattle's. You know, you mentioned Santa. They're actually off to a pretty decent start, and their their whole lineup is basically flipped. Right, you bring in Santana, bring in Edwin Bruce Healy. Looks like he's got himself into a role right now. He's swinging the bat well off the start, and same with Tim Beckham. And now Malik Smith is back in their lineup too. Porcello is interesting as as somebody who sometimes can go those complete games and 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 give you you know decent ratios, and and then also just allows home runs. You mentioned Santana, like 27 home runs allowed last year. Porcello, 38 the year before that, 23 followed by uh, prior to that, 25. So this is somebody who's given up a lot of bombs over the past couple of years. So uh, I like that call as well. It's just maybe just a sneaky, underrated offense. On the other side, um, Wade LeBlanc has has given up a lot of contact as well. So I noticed Devers was hitting in that three spot. I mean, he could be uh, primed for a breakout campaign if he's going to hit in the three spot in Boston. All right, the Rangers are going to be a home underdog for sure. And I'm sticking with the brand right now, and that's my uh, pick on Sunday that I'm betting. I want the, uh, I want the Texas Rangers. I want them against Hamels. I, you know, I'm sorry, Cole. It's just this one time. Don't take it personally, but I'm gonna go with the tracker again. I'm gonna go with the numbers. I, I hope you do well, but I really don't because I'm betting against you. So give me the Rangers at home as the underdog. Uh, I love them this weekend. I think that's my favorite home underdog to uh, take. How about you? Is there a home underdog for you? Is it the Mariners maybe against Porcello? Or- yeah, I think I, I'm leaning Mariners at home. Um, I continue to ride Oakland at home against the Angels. Uh, not 
uh, like in their lineup at all right now. So those are two two home teams that uh, I would consider. And obviously, I'm going to have some sprinkles, of course, on on San Diego. And I'm still interested. You mentioned Wade Miley and the Astros. I mean, Miley's not a guy – you look at his fantasy numbers. I mean, he doesn't strike out anybody. But he just keeps the ball on the ground and just limits the damage. That's what he does. So you mentioned the offense. It's obviously top-notch. So Houston's going to be a team that um, I'm going to be in on as well. And also, as another good call by you, is Cincinnati at home. I'm going to go with the Reds at home. Yeah. Look, <laughs> there's going to be some teams, the Twins, the Reds, we're going to make some noise this year, I think. And it's not coming out of nowhere. I mean, you could see it. And see the progress, I, yeah. And this is the thing. You know, when you look at some of these uh, teams and some of the offseason moves and stuff that they've done, some of these things have to hit right. The offseason acquisitions of guys like Gray and Tanner Rourke, they've got to hit, at least on one of them. Um, and if you don't, then it becomes a very long year. But if you have a guy like Estio take a step forward, you're in good shape. If you then have one of these veterans who you bring in as reclamation projects – even if one of them turns out to be a thing and the other one every five days just keeps you in a game, that's a step in the right direction as well. And I think that American, that National League East, excuse me, is going to be a very competitive division too. That's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Braves, Phillies, Mets, and Nationals. And then, of course, you got the Marlins on the bottom. But those four teams, I think, are going to be fascinating. And we're going to, that's going to kind of carry baseball in the National League, I think, this year. That, that National League East is going to be wild because I can't remember a time where there were four teams deep that were really, I, I thought any, this could really be wide open. Any of these four teams could win that division potentially. And I don't remember that in some time. No, I don't either. And you're right. It's going to be one of the most fascinating races to watch because they've all really improved, right? I mean, we're seeing some of the prospects come up with Atlanta. We, we know that the, the change in, that the Phillies have made in their lineup, they're going to, they may lead baseball and runs in the national league. And then, and then the Mets obviously made improvements. Washington loses Bryce Harper. We got some kids coming up in their lineup as well. Trey Turner steals three bases opening day. Robles is, is in the lineup. So there's, there's a lot to like about all four of those, all four of those teams. And I'm glad you mentioned those. Intriguing they're playing each other. And keep in mind that too, uh, we're looking for offense because I think those nationals will continue to run on the Mets uh, on Saturday and especially Sunday too, when you have the backup catcher in for Ramos. So, Take advantage of that. Trey Turner, take advantage of, of Rendon, uh, Robles, all those guys who can run a little bit because, you know, some run a lot, but Rendon runs a little bit. <laughs> all those guys, because I think the Mets will continue to struggle throwing guys out, and that benefits the Nationals' offense as a whole and those individual players also. So uh, that's your weekend here at the Line Star. Make sure you are downloading the Line Star app and using all the optimizer and all the tools there along with our podcast. So when you're making up your lineups, you go through, you plug in, you listen to us, you go into the Lion Star app, you plug in some different things, you figure out some of your best lineups, your best situations, your best players you want to go out there and put in lineups, and then you put it all out there and you win. Make sure you subscribe to the show too. We're going to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then our Saturday morning edition for the whole weekend. So we are going to be here previewing all the games for you, locking it down, you can follow us on the Twitter machine at Lionstar app at Joe Pisa PS17. And of course at Chris Meany. That'll do it for us, and that'll do it for on deck, which means there's only one thing left to do, and that's step up to the plate and go yard. We'll see you later, guys. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by Lionstar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts. Joe Pizapia and Chris Mene.